The Overrated, Part 1. Cauliflower. I need people to stop telling me how great cauliflower is. It's not. It's a crumbly, soggy, bland, boring mess of a vegetable. And I know the response is going to be, oh, you just haven't had good cauliflower. And I have. I've had it roasted, steamed, sautéed, riced, smoked, fried, you name it. And I used to cook professionally, so I prepared it more ways than I care to remember. And stop, please, for the love of God, with the cauliflower pizza crust. It's just awful. And what are we really doing? It's like 100 grams of carbs per bite anyway. So just have a regular pizza. The only way I've had it that was tolerable was having an entire head roasted. That was not terrible, but seriously, I'll take almost any other vegetable on the planet. Next up, barn doors. Barn doors are the cauliflower of the door world. We had one at our old house, and looking at this, the inventor of the barn door had to be like, hmm, how do we take a regular door and make it way less efficient? I know. Let's hang it from a wall so it lets tons of light in, and let's make it a workout just to open and close it. Do me a favor. Just keep your regular door. If you want to spice things up in the bedroom, change the trim or crown molding, or one of you dress up like a rabbit, whatever. But just leave the door alone. Your wedding day. Your wedding day is the barn door of your life. It looks great. Your friends are like, ooh and ah. But you know what? It's a hugely expensive day or weekend or week. You are both wearing things that you'll only wear once or at least very infrequently. And like your barn door, it's pretty inefficient at its job, which is supposed to be a celebration and representation of you as a couple. Now, I'm not talking about the importance of a wedding, whether it be faith-based or not. I'm simply talking about the fact that you spend a shit ton of money to put on a party for all of your friends and family, most of which, let's be honest, you would not invite if this was a party at your house. But for some reason, you need to invite them to this. And guess what? You spend a lot of time leading up to the wedding talking about flowers and centerpieces and napkin colors and mashed potatoes or roasted potatoes. Does that actually sound like you as a couple? All right, enough of this overrated talk. Time for today's sponsor, I Wish I Had. Today's sponsor, I Wish I Had, is another product that I've had for several years. Every time I wear this product, I get tons of compliments and questions about it. It's totally unique, and it's also, as far as this type of product goes, fairly affordable. What is it? My Original Grain Watch. Although this thing is so sexy, you could call it a timepiece. I'm a huge watch guy, which I think is funny because you can only wear one watch at a time. Now, when I look for a watch, it has to be more than just nice. There's a ton of nice watches on the market. It has to speak to me. It has to say, Justin, come here. I love you and you love me. It has to be something unique and original. So enter Original Grain. Now, their watches are made from a combination of stainless steel and not just wood, but reclaimed wood. Wood with a story, as they refer to it. They are designed in the U.S. and no two watches are the same as each one is made from different wood with the story. The watch I have is called the Rosewood Black Classic 43mm and I'm telling you, this watch and all of their watches, the band and the face on these things are so cool. You need to stop whatever you're doing right now and go check them out. OriginalGrain.com or check them out on Instagram at OriginalGrain. Today's sponsor, I Wish I Had. Now, on to today's guest. So if I had to rank in order my experiences with the Allen family, it would be as follows. 
Christmas, Thanksgiving, barbecue chicken on the grill, and the swan. The swan. And on that note, I'll welcome in Mr. Dr. Pat Allen extraordinaire. He's been a great uh, family friend of ours for a long time and is the father to three daughters that are all friends of ours, my wife and I. And I wanted to get in talking to you a little bit about the fact that you made a pretty abrupt career change at a young age. I also wanted to talk to you about the fact that not only are you a father, but you're also a grandfather. I am a uh, father with three daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter is 34, about to turn 35. I have a daughter that's 31, and I have another daughter that's 28. I have two daughters that live out of out of town, and I have one daughter that still lives uh, in town. I have been married to the same person for 35 years, going on 36 years. She's the mother of all three girls, and we have had quite a few changes over the years. When I met my wife, I was working as an engineer. I worked for Exxon, and I had a good job, and I had started thinking about a career change. Maybe about five years into my career, I started thinking, well, I'm not sure this is for me for the rest of my life. I don't know if I want to keep doing this for 30 more years or however long your career is. So I started thinking about what I really wanted to do, and I started over. And I started over at age 31. So I'd worked almost 10 years. I graduated from college when I was 22. I got married uh, 24, just about right before I turned 25. And we had our first baby when I was 25. So we had our oldest daughter, then we had uh, our second daughter three years later. Right after, I'd say, right after we had our third daughter is when I started my second career. I went back to school, went back to medical school, started over. That, that seems like the best time, right? Three young yeah. kids. Yeah, it's yeah, always let's, good. Let's to, do it then. It's always good to move your <laughs> wife from the only town she's ever lived in Quit your job, have no income, and start a reasonably hard educational challenge. So, not the recommended path, but it doesn't really matter. Things always have always figured out. We always figure stuff out. So, we were very uh, lucky when we moved to San Antonio, where I did my medical school, in that we we met a neighbor at church who had seven children. <laughs> they had uh, Jeez, three three girls that were the same age as my three girls, and they were very. That was like a godsend. That the the Bailey family was a godsend for the Allens. They they were just Therese Bailey's just the best person ever. And they we you know our girls had friends, and you know we tried to keep our kids and normalcy of life. I mean, uh, we kept them in parochial schools, so we, you know, we had a little help with that, but we were able to make that happen. You know, they, they did the normal stuff. You know, we didn't have, we, we did without things for a few years, but we, 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 you know, our kids never really, they didn't get the latest and the greatest of everything, but they did fine. We rented a house in San Antonio. I had a big room that had, um, it was, a, it was like a living room and a dining room. We didn't have any we had a kitchenette, but we didn't have a dining table, and we didn't have any formal living furniture. So all we did was that room had my desk in there and all the kids' toys. They would That's where they played, and that's where I would study after they'd go to bed. So as long I, as I do find that funny. Um, I was looking at pictures with Beth the other day of our house, and it's like, oh, yeah, there used to be a dining room table there where the play mat and the overabundance <laughs> of toys 
Oh yeah. How hard it's like, man, we used to play drinking games there. And oh yeah. Have dinner that, there. Yeah. yeah, that happens too. We had, you know, I I can still remember I would be studying sometimes and I would listen in a little bit on my daughters playing in their room and sometimes you hear your voice or your wife's voice out in their dolls like you can't do this right now. I told you not to do that. They would be telling their dolls what they were told. <laughs> and I could listen and I could say, "Okay, yeah, they are they they're they're taking something to heart." So what was the driving force for that for you? Because like you said, you were established. You mentioned you know, it wasn't necessarily exactly what you wanted to do, but you crossed over from engineering, which in and of itself is a, is a very intellectually challenging and complicated career. And then you said, no, I, I'm going to go jump into something that's exponentially more challenging and takes more time. Well, so as you went through that process, was, was there a... Was you know was there a day a defining moment sort of that yeah. you, know, you picked your head up and you're like what am I doing here? I kind of thought you know I I guess I thought that when I was in high school I thought about going into medical school like I thought about doing medical school. My mom was a nurse, my uncle was a doctor, you know, and and I got a little bit of I I thought you know that's such a long time, you know, eight to ten more years after college just seems when you're 17 years old that just seems yeah, it seems like it's a lifetime. too much. Who wants to go to school that long? But after a few years, you realize, well, all your career is really still ahead of you. You know, when you, even at my age, when I stopped at 31, I said, okay, I'm going to be done by 40. I've still got 25 years of my career ahead of me. I'm kind of on the downhill slide of it now because I'm already 60. But, you know, it's kind of like if I could make it. And, and, I, and I didn't do it right away because I, I it took me three years of night school to get enough hours even apply like I didn't have even the hours to apply for medical school I took the MCAT a couple times I didn't never do that great on it but I did it good enough and I just decided to just see what happens I decided to do it it was not easy because I just you know I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do but I felt like I don't know I, I felt like I could be really good at it how does that sound I don't know if that's Right yeah. Or wrong. No, no, that's I mean, that's I felt like I was more I was wasting my time in a cubicle. Yeah. No, that's I mean, that's I completely understand. And, you know, you uh, you and I had a lot of conversations about that with me as well. When I switched from sitting in a cubicle to, to going in the kitchen, it wasn't wasn't nearly the path that you did. But the same sort of mentality of like, is this really? Yeah. It? You know, like, what do you enjoy in life? You know? And it's hard, though. I mean, but I, but I actually truthfully felt like I, I, I studied hard in engineering, and I, I didn't ever feel like medical school, it's a lot of information. It's, I always kind of equated it's like getting your information with a fire hose. Like, they just flood you with so much. So I actually took a speed reading course before I went to medical school to help me. And I think that may have helped some, but, but a lot of it's just time organization. As you get a little older... Like when I was a little old, when I was yes. 31, I was a better organized with my time, a little more focused than I would have been if I would have maybe done it right out of college. It was a little, yep. was not horribly wild in college, but you know how it is with college. You have fun, you know? Oh, yes. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about because when I was in college, I, I took it seriously, but you know, you're in college, like you said, you're 18 to 22 and I remember, you know, how, how many late nights and you're up studying and, 
you know, then you're watching TV and you're hanging out with your friends and you're, you know, whatever, even if you're not living a wild life as, as a college student, you're still just not great at time management. And then I fast forwarded to when I was 30 and went to culinary school and I was done with all my, and still a pretty good workload outside of, outside of class. And I was done with my work in, you know, two hours because I wasn't screwing around. You know, it's like, oh, I knew yeah. how to manage my time better. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to work from seven to nine and then I'm going to go do this or whatever. I remember thinking, yeah, I don't, it seems like after high school, it would make more sense to have a little bit of a break. So when you went to college or you did something with medical school, even after college, there was a little pause there so you could get your adult life caught up with the rest of you because that's a lot of responsibility. I mean, that's a lot of heavy lifting to do, like you said, through a fire hose of just, I mean. Yeah, it's a lot of information. information. But but if you liked it, like I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the educational aspect. Like I. I liked it. I, I didn't mind the reading. I, I think the challenge was great. I, you're around a lot of really smart people. It's a very people-oriented business still. And I and I so, really, I stopped drinking about three years before I applied just because I, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to hang on to every remaining brain cell. So I, <laughs> I think that really helped me a little bit by not by not drinking. You know, I don't know. I mean, I was, you're able to focus in a little bit more. And uh, I wasn't like a, super heavy drinker but eh, had my times sure no I, that's so one thing kind of be in between all of this uh, that i wanted to ask you is now that you mentioned you know you're you're towards the end of your professional career you're already a grandfather so w- if you can think back to when you and arlene first found out okay we're having our first child and then our second and then our third as a guy what was that for you back then? If you look back now, you know, what was that experience like? One of the reasons that I am in the career path I'm in is when we were pregnant or my wife was pregnant, I literally, and I went to every single appointment with her obstetrician. And I think maybe that's when it all started for me. <laughs> like it okay. might've been, that might've clicked for me. I thought this guy's got the greatest job ever. You know, I thought he's, he's bringing in new life. He seems like he's busy. He's never bored for what he wants to do during the day. I thought the whole process was fascinating. Maybe that's just too young and I didn't think about it as much. I never worried about things going bad, you know, like this is something's going to happen during the pregnancy or we just took it, you know, one, pretty much one day at a time. And then my wife actually never had any anesthesia with any pregnancies. Like she never oh. did epidurals, she never did pain medicine. I don't know how, because <laughs> uh, none, yeah. none of my patients ever did that when I became an obstetrician, but she did. Uh, so, by the way, I was not prepared for the fact that when the epidural needle came out, it was literally as long as a javelin. Yeah, and that well, was something. That, that's what I, I was not joking. ready for. That I remember joking to someone and saying that yeah, they brought this needle in and they got across the room and they they jammed this gigantic huge lance in there it's like you know it's, it, that's what it looked like in my eyes I mean it seemed it seemed massive but but then then again I I was never prepared even as a medical student the first time I ever saw a c-section you know it's like oh sure like holy cow they just ripped that baby out of that woman's uterus you know they just reached in there and yanked it out and I thought that just seems so violent and then yep. after you do about a thousand of them you realize it's you know that's the way it is the way I kind of look at it I know this sounds a little it sounds a little corny, but I I enjoyed every age that my children were at, like every single age. Like I did not, 
there wasn't an age where I said, oh, they're horrible. Yeah, they're a little challenging when they're starting to learn things and they're be a little defiant, but every age is a Along that line with, like you said, all the kids were at a great age. If you think back to when you were sort of in the thick of it with three young kids growing up or even in the teenage years or whatever, was is there something that you can call back to that was something that was really maybe a, like a daily struggle? And I don't mean a struggle with them as kids, like, oh, they're so difficult. I don't mean that, but just as as you sort of juggling. Truthfully, when when I was in medical school, I would take my I would take my daughter to school, like on the way to medical school. It's there's so much involved. I mean, you know, that's part of being a parent. I mean, that's a hard part of being a parent. That's true. You so know, small, you miss that on all the all the joy that they're going to bring you, not just when they're little, but all their whole life. I mean, when they're older and they're doing stuff in high school. I mean, when Sarah was swimming, I I filmed every swim meet. I would make a DVD of their swim meet of all the kids, not just her, every kid on the team. I'd film all the races. I'd make a DVD. I'd, I'd break it up and I'd make 30 DVDs, especially the big neats, and I'd give them to her and she'd distribute them to her teammates. Wow, that's awesome. I can remember driving. I, I remember driving to Rockwall for a swim meet, which is a pretty good way. For, I, and I, I tried to hurry. I tried to finish my clinic. I tried to run over there. I drove. It took me an hour to get there. And right when I pulled up to go inside and watch the meet, they were coming out. It was over with. <laughs> I oh, missed bummer. the whole thing. So that's what you do. I mean, <clears throat> I think if you don't want to do that, don't be a parent. You know, I had a... One daughter that wanted to get a uh, a belly button ring when she was fifteen, <laughs> you know, she and I said she asked why. Just give me five reasons why I can't get one, and I said, number one, I said you can't get one, and number two, I said you can't get one, <laughs> and number three, I said you can't get one. You want me to keep going? <laughs> so, but she never did get one, and now she doesn't regret that. You know. Well, you know what? And my parents said the same thing when I asked for a belly button ring, too. So that's, that's good. good to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know that they, they were able to draw the draw you in there. <laughs> and we talked about this before and kind of like uh, what I keep thinking about is the old hair club for men uh, commercials. I'm sure you remember. Not only am I a client or president, I'm also a client. Right. So not only are you a father, but you're also a grandfather. So can you talk to me about what that experience was like to go through you know, raising three kids and now all of a sudden seeing one of your children have their own child and now not just that joy as seeing your, your, your kid do that, but now being a grandpa and what that responsibility is like. Because I, I see you doing all the fun stuff, but I imagine um, it's, it's a pretty interesting experience. Well, I think if you – I know your mother – and I know how much your mother loves your daughter. And I think that when somebody says being a grandparent is the greatest ever, being a grandparent is the greatest ever. I mean, it's just a different level. Partially because you're not having to raise the child. So <laughs> there's no, there's nothing, there's no, the only thing you can do to the child is just give them your love. And every grandparent, even the ones that are the most jaded, it's different. It's, it's, you're not trying to make sure they do this or make sure they do that. If, if, if we go to Chicago where Lauren lives and we visit our grandson, that's all we're there for. If he, when he gets older and he starts doing stuff and we want to try to make some of his events, we'll go watch whatever he's doing. 
that's all they expect out of you too. When he comes down here, he gets the run of everything. I mean, yeah. our house is transformed. Like we have a room upstairs that has all the toys. And when he comes down, all those toys come downstairs. And then when he leaves, we clean everything back up. We put it all in its place and then we're ready for him the next time. But my daughter's very type A and I really thought, you know, I don't know how she's gonna do with motherhood, but she is a great mother. You know, she's a fantastic yeah. mother with her child. And, I, and I, I think all my kids will be. I think my other girls, whenever they get to that point, which I hope they do someday, I think they're all gonna be good with kids. I always enjoyed being a parent. My wife enjoyed being a mother. I enjoyed being a father. I think fatherhood is the greatest thing ever. I think it's the most important thing you can do in your life. You know, it's, it's more important than being a doctor. It's more important than being an engineer. It's more important than being a chef. <laughs> more important than selling something. You know what I'm saying? Or being a businessman. Yep. It, it's, yep. it's, it's way more important than all that stuff. I remember, I remember when I interviewed, or we interviewed for um, residency. I was my senior year of medical school. You're trying to go around the country, trying to find a residency program. And we took this long trip from San Antonio all the way to Washington, D.C. And we wow. got back to San Antonio Christmas Eve. And we did not put up a tree because we were um, not, we didn't want to put a tree because we, we, we didn't want it to dry out and be a fire hazard. So Christmas Eve, I'm going to a tree lot trying to find a tree. And you can actually buy a Christmas tree very, very cheap on Christmas Eve. And yes. Sarah was uh, four. And she looked at me and she says, is Santa Claus going to come if we don't have a tree? <laughs> so <laughs> you know what you're doing? You're going to go buy a tree. <laughs> yeah. I do have some fun questions to ask you. It's called the, uh, the put the kids to bed segment. These are going to be some rapid fire questions. I'm going to get right in there, right in the, the heart of your, the heart of your heart, the heart of your soul. And these will be the most difficult questions you've ever answered in your entire life. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so ready for it. <laughs> Great. First question, how do you take your coffee? Black. Not messing around. And you do make a good cup of coffee, by the, by the well, way. Well, thank you. During birth of your children, were you north or south of the equator? I was north. <laughs> Same I here. up at the front. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which was different was the... than it was when I let my parent. What, what I, as an obstetrician, it, the dads cut the cord. And they were down there. Yep. So yep. it's changed a little bit. Maybe it's not the case now because you're kids are out of the house and everything but when you were in the thick of it were you allowed to load the dishwasher oh heck yeah i've always been the kitchen guy you've been the kitchen guy okay yep. do you have a runner-up name that you were going to name one of your children but did not absolutely i was going to name my last one matthew because she was 100 percent that sonogram was wrong and i was going to have a boy <laughs> so <laughs> i wanted we wanted i would have named her sarah matthew if they'd have let me <laughs> But it didn't work out. That's great. That was next. Bring it in. Ah, the lawn. A man's first place blue ribbon on display for everyone in the neighborhood to see. People walking by often mistake the front yard for the 13th green at Augusta. Is that the side yard? No. It's the grass bullpen at Wrigley. Everything perfectly green, weed-free, cut at the perfect angle, always looking like the day after you just cut it. Or, it looks like the ditch on the side of the county road with an old 7-Eleven cup in it and possibly the remains of that brave squirrel who tempted fate and lost. Either way, the yard is something of an elusive catch for most guys and gals. 
that despite our most sincere efforts, there is still something left to be desired. So, in today's Just the Tip, a quick note on how to help you water your lawn better to help achieve the proud, arm-folding, and subtle nod of the head while standing on your porch stance that we as guys, caveman guys, so desperately want. Now, this is somewhat specific to where I live, which is North Texas, and because of that, we have shitty clay soil that doesn't absorb water or nutrients very well, in addition to also being 105 degrees in the summer. Now, a lot of people will water their lawn at night when it cools, but this can often lead to the grass not fully drying and over time creating mold and just sort of a muddy, damp grass area. Think of it like walking around with your hair always kind of wet. Some people water their lawn late in the morning, which is a mistake here in Texas because the sun will dry that water up faster than it takes you to eat a breakfast taco. And the lawn will also not get the hydration it needs from the water. A better option still is to water your lawn early in the morning, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., to allow the water to soak in before the sun dries out, but still allowing the sun to dry the grass and soil over the course of the day. An option I go for is a modified version of that, because as I mentioned before, we have shitty clay soil that is basically the opposite of a sponge. You can only add so much water before it just becomes standing water, but the grass here can often take more than you can give it at any one time. So I set my sprinklers to run their first pass around 4.30 in the morning for about half the time that I normally would want to water my lawn. Then, about 6.30 or 7, I'll set my sprinklers for the second pass, and what I've done is I've allowed the ground and the grass to absorb the water fully both times. So I'm running the sprinklers twice, but I'm just chopping it in half, and I found that my lawn is much greener, much healthier, and much fuller. Now, the crabgrass, on the other hand? All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. We'll see you next week. And remember, Saturday is Dadder Day.